Uh, I want you to look at Acts chapter 2 tonight. The second thing I need you to pray for is October 22nd, uh, excuse me, October 23rd, 24th, and 25th is our Leaders and Pastors Conference right now. Uh, the latest numbers, 430 pastors and leaders will be here. Uh, that number will jump well over 500 in the next, we're still 30 days out. And you know how people are on the last moment. Uh, I want you guys also to attend this if you're able. Uh, the Sunday night service, obviously, Sunday night revival, it's going to be open to every person. And then also Monday nights open to the public with Prophet Jeremiah Johnson that will be here on Monday night. So that's going to be uh, really, really special. If you've never heard Corey Russell minister and preach, I'm going to tell you something. You better, you don't, I mean, I'm just, don't come full of food. Because you may get a little sick because you're going to be so, the Holy Ghost is going to come all over you and you may run. You may run. I'm just saying in the building, you may, the Holy Ghost may get on you. I'm telling you, I, I, have, I can't take a lot of him, honestly. And here's the reason why, because there are some pastors and preachers that are so full of revelation that every word they say is just dripping with the presence of God. And so... You physically, mentally can only take so much and say, please, bro, would you stop? I can't handle anymore. Let me just digest what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I have heard. This guy prays 30 to 40 hours a week. Now think about that. There's seven days in a week. That's close to four hours a day. So when he comes and he takes the platform, it's not cute and fancy and Pentecostalism. It's kingdom revelation. He has come from the throne of God. So it's Sunday night, there'll be pastors from all over the world, but I need you to be here. Don't say, well, they don't need me tonight. The bill, I need you here to hear what uh, Corey has to say. All right? Coupled with that on Monday night with Prophet Jeremiah, it's going to be worth it, I promise you. All right, everybody good? Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, I want to help you tonight. Touch your neighbor and say, he's going to help us tonight. I am so excited about what I'm going to discuss with you. It's something that um, I, I talk to you about a lot, but we can never exhaust this subject. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon them, each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. I want you to underline those two phrases. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. They all began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Right above that, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. 
People sometimes question my approach to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues because you've heard me say that I believe the Bible teaches that Jesus expects every believer to speak in tongues. Now, let me, let, me, let me qualify what I mean by that. Not the gift of tongues that comes through the, um, like we had a few moments ago with Vito, the tongue right there, that was a, that's the spiritual gift of tongues. And then there was an interpretation, right? That is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is limited to the Lord's choosing, to whomever he wants to give that particular element to. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in tongues prayer in your prayer language is completely different than that. We know that. I'm giving elementary principles that you guys already know, but I want to qualify uh, my statement. It is that portion that I feel strongly that God expects every believer to speak in tongues. Now, I'm going to give you a Bible verse for this because it's going to help you because I don't want you to be uh, just taking my words for this and just thinking, well, he's just, you know, speaking off the cuff here. Look at Mark 16. Mark 16, the Bible says, in, in, in Jesus' list, as he's talking to his disciples about the Great Commission, he lists a few things that they're going to do. If you'll find it in verse 15, how many of us believe this portion of the Bible, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, is for everybody? That's called the Great Commission, right? Now Mark includes more of the Great Commission than Matthew wrote. But there's similarities. Right? I mean, it's like your children. If you ask your children to repeat what you said and the instructions that you give them when you, you know, when you leave for the day, and if you ask one of them, guess what? They're going to give an explanation of what they heard and what matters to them. Then your other child's going to pick up something completely different even though that you said it. That's how the Gospels work. Matthew included a portion. Mark includes something in addition. Both of them have go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then it says, he who believes is baptized will be saved and who does not believe will be condemned. And then he says, these signs will follow those who do what? Those who believe. That in my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Now, who are the they? It is not a select portion, a significant few, an entitled group of people, but it says these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They're going to be able to cast out devils and they're going to speak in new tongues. So I take from this scripture that Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he says, I want you to know it's my expectation that every disciple that I have speak in tongues. Again, 
not the tongue that we had this evening with Vito and the interpretation. That is the spiritual gift of tongue mentioned in Romans 12, uh, Ephesians 4, as, uh, and also 1 Corinthians 12. But this is entirely different. Jesus is talking about tongues that benefit you in your personal walk with God. I believe every believer should be a tongue talker. And here's another reason. Jesus' own mother spoke in tongues. Acts 1, 14 says she was in the upper room. Every disciple Jesus had spoke in tongues. And the writer of the two-thirds of the New Testament spoke in tongues. But here's another reason. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Your Bible says that they what? How many? How many? Do you see that? I need you to circle that word. How many of them, first of all, were in the upper room? 120. There were 120 individuals, men and women, in the upper room, and your Bible says... How many spoke in tongues? The first representation sometimes can be the prototype for all things to follow. Now, I want to say that again. The first representation of an encounter can be, and oftentimes is, the prototype for all things to follow. We have here 120 different personalities from different walks of life, different economic structures. They're, they're coming, some educated, some uneducated. Some were doctors and some perhaps were just teachers. There's Matthew there that was the tax collector. There's Peter that was a business owner. There's John and James, business owners as well. You're all in the room and, and, and they come from different um, uh, families, tribes. And here's the deal. Your Bible says how many of them spoke in tongues? All of them. Every one of them. Now, can you be saved and not speak in tongues? Absolutely. But we're living beneath our privilege. Now, here's where I'm going to encourage you tonight. I want to give you a few things of the value of your personal time with God speaking in tongues. Are you ready for this? Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Acts, Romans, you're going to come to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I just wanted to lay that foundation. Guys, my, my, my perspective is that every believer needs to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to push for that. I'm going, to, I'm going to believe God for that. At least everybody in this room. I can't help folks outside of here. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. The Bible says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue, now watch this, does not what? Speak to men, but to God. Because nobody understands him. However, in the spirit, 
He speaks mysteries. I love that. I don't speak to men, but to God. But you know what? Men will criticize you. And they will say, I don't understand you. I don't know why you're doing that. That's a waste of time. You're just sounding like gibberish. Ever heard that? That's just gibberish. It sounds like gibberish. You just keep repeating yourself. You're, you're just la, la, la this and la, la that. And, and you know what? That's okay. That's all right. I always tell people I'm not speaking to you anyhow. I'm not praying to you. I don't need you to understand me. Because the Bible says I speak to God, but I'm speaking mysteries. Now, here's what I want you to write down. I want you to write this down because I find this going to be helpful. When you and I pray in tongues, we, our spirits, are in direct contact with God. And you and I are talking to him by divine supernatural means. When you and I pray in tongues, your spirit is in direct contact with God and we are talking to him by divine supernatural means. You got that? The Bible says he speaks mysteries. In other words, a mystery is you can't figure it out, right? You don't understand it. But he who prophesies, verse 3, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in the tongues edifies himself. So we're talking about a personal thing right here. Now watch this. He says, I wish you all what? How many of us? How many, how many did he wish? How many? That every individual spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesy. In other words, though, he's not talking about one as opposed to the other. He says, why not both and? That you speak in tongues, but you also prophesy. But he clarifies this, that the prophecy literally brings edification to the people. Because Paul was always about the people. He's always about the church. He says, if you're just going to come to church and you're just going to speak in tongues, and he said, if I had a choice, I'd rather you prophesy because you're going to bring edification and comfort to the people. But right before that, he says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So it's not, it's not one and the other pitted against one another. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not that one's better than the other. He said, I really would like for you to do both. If you're going to do something in church, I'd rather you do this. Because he understood the value of speaking in tongues privately. Talk to me now. All right? Now, let's continue to read on. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he indeed he interprets. See, if Vito would have just spoke that word out, we wouldn't have had any edification. Our comfort... When someone gives a word like that and there's an interpretation, it's equal to prophecy. Now, here's where I want you to go with me for a moment. I want us to learn how to ask the Lord. Now, this is the question. I want us to learn how to ask the Lord that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, that we ask him 
for the interpretation of what we just prayed. It is not wrong to ask the Lord to say, Lord, I just spent five minutes praying in tongues and I have no idea what I just prayed, but could you help me understand what I've been praying for and sweating over and laboring and travailing over for the last five minutes? I would like to know. Now, it's his prerogative to tell you yes or no, to reveal or not to reveal. Don't get upset if he doesn't reveal it because you may not be able to handle it. You may be praying for things in your future that if you knew that you were praying that and that was the will of God, it may blow you away. It may cause you to be fearful or concerned because you may be battling devils, opposition, tragedy, sickness. You speak mysteries. You don't know what it is, but you can ask the Lord for interpretation and it's up to him to whether or not to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 13. You think I, I'm going to give you Bible and verse. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may what? That he may interpret. I shared this with our communion uh, uh, time a couple of weeks ago with our leaders on, before Sunday night church, our North Shore Revival. I had a friend, uh, I have a friend that, uh, that knew Oral Roberts, okay, and had the privilege of being with Oral Roberts prior to his death. And at this time, my friend was a young preacher and there were a group of young preachers in the room and they asked Oral Roberts about uh, praying in the spirit and what they needed to do. And, and Oral Roberts is saying, uh, I, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. That's what was his instruction to the priest. I want you to pray in the spirit all the time, all the time, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. And then he says, ask the Lord for the interpretation of what you just prayed. And then he made this statement. He said, literally, I had no idea how to build, the, how, I, how I was going to build the, the city of faith. Y'all know out in Tulsa, how I was going to build the city of faith and or Roberts University. He said, I would give myself to praying in tongues. And I would pray in tongues. I would travail before the Lord. And I would spend time praying in the spirit. Then I would pause and I would say, Lord, would you tell me what I just prayed? And Oral Roberts testified. He says, that is how I built the city of faith. I would pray to the Lord his perfect will. I would, I would yield my spirit to the Father. And I'd say, Lord, I want to pray your perfect will for Tulsa. And Lord, you know the vision that you've given me, but I don't know how to build a university and I don't know how to build the city of faith, but you do. Help me pray it out, the perfect will of God. And he said, I would pray and ask for the interpretation and the Lord would give me ideas as, a, as an interpretation of things that I was praying for. Things I would need to do. People that I would need to contact. Divine connections. Favor with the building inspectors land to buy and when to buy it, offers to make, all came as a result of him praying it out in the Holy Ghost. You see, if I'm building the city of faith and ORU, and all I knew how to do is pray in English, here's what I would pray. Oh God, I need help. <laughs> right? 
I wouldn't know where to begin, what to do, where to go, what to say, who to contact, what meetings to go, the right office to walk into, knock on the door, and share your vision with people that are in power, you know, in, in the city government. But the Spirit of the Lord, he said, the Spirit of the Lord showed me every step of the way, and all the revelation came after I spent significant time praying in the Holy Ghost. So I, I want to encourage you with that. Major decisions that we're faced with, major decisions, things that uh, affect not only our families, but also affect our careers, affect our uh, finances, affect big purchases, small purchases, things that you're believing God for. Um, and, you know, we're sitting there and we're praying all we know to pray in English, and that is a great place to start, right? It's a great place to start. But yield yourself over to this divine supernatural ability to communicate with God and let the Spirit of God pray through you the perfect will of God. And pause and ask him, Lord, what is it that I'm praying for regarding this project or this issue? Would you give me your divine perspective? I've discovered at the North Georgia Revival, sometimes our greatest services, our greatest encounters come when the greatest number of people are in prayer, but not only in prayer sitting, but praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again because I think it's important for me to repeat. I, I, I'm discovering that our greatest services that have the most potency of the power of God come as a result of the greatest number of people coming together, not just sitting, but the greater number praying in the Holy Ghost. The Lord has the ability to synchronize all of us in the Spirit. But it is very difficult for the Lord to synchronize us when we're all just praying in English. I felt, the, I felt the Lord on that. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, an inner, there's a connection that goes between all of us by the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is in all of us. But if you're sitting here, and I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about something else right there. And in my mind, James, you may be thinking of something else, and you're praying for something entirely different. Okay, I'm praying for something entirely different that's affecting me. Okay, John Michael, you're sitting over there praying for something that's affecting you as well, so there's no synchronization. But when we all yield to the Spirit and say, Lord, I want to pray your perfect will for this house, there is, there's, it's like he's, he's, he's this, he, this orchestra director, you know, like, boom, you know, and, and, and they're all different instruments, right? They're all different. We got the drummer, we got the cymbals, we got the bass, we got the, you know, the brass, we got all these things going on over here, and cello over here, the violinist over here, and, and he's able to make it all work in his favor when we're all praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, it's going to sound different coming from a different language, but that's okay. I mean, we can all, you can speak Spanish, you can speak Portuguese, you can speak French, and you can speak Telugu, and I can speak English, and we can all say hello. And it means the same. 
So the Spirit can use different manifestations of languages, but he's all, there's a harmony there. I feel the Holy Ghost all over that. So that's why it's important that when we come together in, worship, or in prayer, like on, on Saturday night, that we're not just looking on our phone or we're just sitting there, you know, I'm just sitting in the presence just soaking it up. This is the opportunity to yield your spirit and say, Lord, I know this is kind of weird for us, perhaps. I, I, I'm not comfortable with this, perhaps. This is all new to me. But Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise the supernatural ability that you've given me, and I'm, I'm going to pick up my instrument, and I'm going to join in the symphony and pray. Because the Bible says one shall send a thousand to flight, but two shall send 10,000. So imagine this whole row right here. You strip yourself mentally when you walk into the building and say, God, for the next 56 minutes, because that's how we pray. We close it four till. For the next 56 minutes, it's not going to be about my list, what I got to do tomorrow, problems of today. But Lord, for the next 56 minutes, I'm going to sit in my chair or walk and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God will orchestrate it. The Spirit of the Lord will orchestrate that. It'll happen. A husband and wife. A family. Our worship team. Our elders, our staff. Your small group. Your baptismal team. You know, in the water, it's so vitally important to stay connected with what's happening and not, and, and not be engaged spiritually in your, in your gut. You know what I'm saying? You're praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, our two catchers on the side, you know, we, we instruct you guys, as you, and y'all have always done this beautifully. You're, you're very quiet. You're very honorable. You take care of people, all of that. And, and you're not very verbal because you got one person talking, but praying in the Holy Ghost. Because you and that person right there may be saying the same thing to the Lord, but different languages, and God's breaking strongholds. God's getting the resistance out of the way, the mental fog in that person's life, that person that's filled with doubt. You're just shattering the devils and the strongholds all over them. That's why these chairs on Sunday night need to be full, and nine out of ten times they are. Praying in the Spirit, praying for people that are in the water, praying that the people that are baptizing can hear and the gifts of the Spirit will be in operation. Hallelujah. I feel this. Okay? So like on Saturday night when we come in, let's yield our spirit to pray in the Holy Ghost and break it down in small segments. It takes three minutes to walk around the sanctuary. Believe me, I've, tried, I've timed it. I got 20 laps for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Or, or I'll do two or three. And, and because, you know, the devil toys with us about, I've never prayed an hour in my life. I can't pray no hour in a life. Let's just break it down every three minutes. Every two minutes. If I can pray two minutes, I can pray three. Take a 30-second break, pray another two minutes. You see what I'm saying? You pace yourself. You get in a rhythm. You know, it's a minute and a half for me to walk from there to there. 
in there. So I'll say, for the next minute and a half, I'm not going to stop. And I'll just walk to there, and I'll turn around. A minute and a half. And I'll say, I got 45 more to go, or whatever it is, or 30 more. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's mental. It's mental. Devil, he'll talk you right out of it. You can't do that. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to die. You know, praying this much. You're crazy. You hear what I'm saying? That's important. It's important to, to, to dial in. All right, I'm done. I could go on and on. And it's 8.03. I got to get you out of here. But this, listen, Saturday night, y'all make sure you're here, okay? We got a deficit to a certain degree. We got almost 40 people on the foreign soil. And they need our prayers, Okay, that means they're going to be, they're laboring, so they may not be in prayer. They're going to be in service. They're going to be praying while they're in the service, but you know, they're normally here. That 40 people are normally here praying, seeking the Lord. So somebody's got to step up and take their place, take their chair. So Saturday night's so important. Saturday night's huge. It sets the stage for Sunday. So I want to encourage you to come. And pick up your instrument. All right. Can we do that? Or does this help anybody tonight? Okay. All right. The Spirit of God has the ability to synchronize us all praying in the Holy Ghost. So Sunday night, Saturday night, there'll be 100 to 200 of us in this room praying. And heaven and earth will fill it. Father, we love you and bless you tonight. I thank you for the most incredible body. I thank you, Lord, for the most incredible church family. They are givers. They sacrifice. Lord, they surrendered. They have trained and are being trained. They're staying fit, Lord Jesus. They're not backsliding. They're not pulling away. Lord Jesus, they're yielding more. We're seeing more. Thank you, Lord, for this body, these people, your people. We bless them, refresh them, encourage them, meet their needs, overwhelm them with goodness, Lord. Bring joy, as Pastor Norman read earlier, bring joy to them, Lord Jesus, and their families. Keep the enemy away. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, I will see you uh, Saturday night. But be in prayer tomorrow, uh, if you would. Huge meeting, uh, not huge in size attendance, but every meeting's huge. You know what I'm saying? For baptism. So y'all pray. All right, love you guys. Thank y'all.